a long time in the works and, and we finally get to get it done friends we finally, finally we finally get to show it to the world yeah finally and uh, i think at the top of the show uh it's worth pointing out here that the majority and i mean like 99.9 recurring percent of the work here has been done by by jeff by Bullskunk. <laughs> uh so you know the fact that we're in we're in these little boxes the fact that we're even on screen at all i think uh jeff thank you very much for getting this all together looking forward to going on this journey with you uh, you know, it's been a passion project, as uh, as I think you know, T two kind of is in general. So you know, it just it just goes with the theme. Um, start things off here in our our debut episode. I I think it'd be prudent to just kind of go around and do some quick intros. Uh, just give you a little bit about what we want to do here, motivations, goals. Uh, you know, thoughts and dreams. You know, likes and and dislikes. I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm going off the rails already. Uh, it didn't didn't take long. Uh... We're, we're already one line item ahead of where we were going to be in the in the run of show, but it's okay. Um, let's let's kick it off this way. Uh, most of you, I'm certain, in the chat already are here because you know one of the four of us already uh, through Overwatch esports or maybe even personal lives. What are you What are you doing here? If that's the case. Um, but for those of you that don't know, hi, Big Hungry Phil, I'm a play-by-play caster, originally from the UK, currently living out stateside, and I'm here to bring you a lot of recency bias and EMEA bias in the T2 scene. Wouldn't have it any other way, uh, wouldn't have it any other yeah. way. I guess we'll just go welcome left to the right states, of course. Yeah, yeah indeed, uh, indeed, welcome, welcome, I hope the states have been treating welcome, you okay. Welcome, welcome. I know you've been in a little bit of a bad state, you, you totally got me on that tweet, by the way, but I know you've been in a little bit of a bad state <laughs> over there, so, you know, there's... there's <laughs> 49 others if you you know want to shop around <laughs> as, as, as bad as things are at least i'm not in delaware that's that's the main thing fair enough fair enough uh i've i've been i'm in texas so you know speaking of bad stage you know i know that's kind of polarizing but yeah born and raised in dallas also a play-by-play caster uh and, i mean that's that's about the extent of it uh, uh I love Overwatch. I love doing this thing, and I'm excited. I'm excited to share this passion with y'all. I'm excited to to learn stuff and, and grow. Uh, and uh, my biases. I'm, I'm going to bring the tank bias. I think if we're yep. going to continue down that thread, I think that's that's definitely where where, where my influence will lie. Uh, that'll that'll play a part a little bit later as we we get into this episode. Billy, how about yourself? I mean, just just Jeff looking down the list of pickups. I think you got to be hard pushed to bring the tank bias. Looking at who got picked up from tier two this year, but five luck. of thirty nine. I've already yeah. five. Yeah. 39 but i'm yeah. getting ahead of myself so what's up i'm chef billy you know i you guys know me uh i am the uh most outspoken i think of all three of us i i really wear my heart on my sleeve especially when it comes to overwatch uh you know i i did we had delved in console overwatch we're doing tier two now and uh yeah so I, I mean i'm live in missouri but i'm originally from canada i got a german mama and a texan dad and uh yeah so that really describes me to a t uh, i also am going to bring the lgbt bias here uh because yeah. i'm damn proud of who i am in our scene and we're getting lots of representation in owl and in tier two now with lots of people coming out as transgender or as non-binary i'm here for it i'm here to bring the spice as well and uh me and ethan will fight a lot amen <laughs> So exactly. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Anyways, I am Ocean, otherwise known as Ethan. I am here as the kind of evil villain of this this group. That's kind of my role in this scene uh, of tier 2.5 plus. And uh, I think I'm here bias-wise towards APAC. I love my APAC Overwatch, and that's exactly what I'm going to be bringing to the table. Yeah, Ocean. I think kind of the just to add to that, yeah, yeah, there is a reason you're biased towards APAC, right? It's not just an arbitrary thing. Yeah, no, uh, all the Western gamers are not as good. Not all, but... 
I mean, I like, I like, I like good gamers. I like I good was, gameplay. I was prompting you to say, uh, oh, guys, we actually might not be live on YouTube. What? Uh, it says still waiting. It st says, still says waiting, according to chat. <laughs> My fault. My fault. You can blame me entirely. That you know, We got our first skunk moment out of the way. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be plenty more to come. My audio is only left ear. Oh, that's kind of weird. I feel like I should. Let's like, just, we're just we're just gonna power through it. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna lean over here. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Well. Let's okay. See. Now that we've got the entire podcast technical problems out of the way for the entire run of the podcast. <laughs> yes, we got them all out of the way right now. Uh, let's let's just give you the very quick cliff notes summary, guys. Rather than us running through this again. Um, what? Let's see. What do we have? We had thanking Bullskunk for pulling all this together. Uh, Bullskunk, I will be referring to as Jeff. We are on a first name basis here. Um, putting all this together, all the graphics, all the animations, all the music uh, is is sourced and organized by him. Um, and then we did a little round of introductions. So hello, I'm uh, Big Hungry Phil. Those of you, I'm looking through chat now. I don't think there's anybody here who doesn't already know who I am, so I'm not going to go through that again. And then the rest of you guys can run your introductions. And we're up to speed now. Jeff from Texas, Tank Bias. From Missouri, Canada, Germany, everywhere in the bloody world. And uh, I am the LGBT voice for our podcast, as well as another tank biased person. Ethan or Ocean, I am the only, well, I guess Phil's still British. We didn't terminate his Brit contract. I was going to say oh, yeah. Brit left, but that's not how that works. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I am the APAC bias. I'm the evil villain of the group, and I love uh, good Overwatch. It's why we got the, the APAC bias. So when we realized that we actually weren't live in the right place, when, when actually, thank you, Bane, for coming in, going, uh, is, guys, is this still happening today? Uh, yes, it is, thank you. Um, I was trying to prompt you, Ethan, to say that like the reason you have an APAC bias is that you're actually involved in that scene, not just that you've arbitrarily decided that that's where your bias is going to lie, right? Seen a little bit. I was previously involved in that scene. Uh, I had a team in, in contenders. We, we beat Team CC, big flex. Um, um, but yeah, uh, I, I really do like uh, the IPAC scene. I think it deserves a little bit more Western support. Can't argue with that. And congratulations! Like that's a pretty huge accomplishment. Uh, I know. I know you. You really helped put together a monstrous team over there. That's really cool. All right. Well, <laughs> all right, since we got the all all that out of the way. Uh, and my, I think my, my skin tone is going back from the hyper embarrassed red that it was. <laughs> uh, so it's something what we got uh, a lot of news, uh, that we're just going to kick off e each episode with kind of news of the week. Uh, since this is our first episode, it's going to be the past couple of weeks or so. Uh, but we, we have a, a ton of news to get through. So let me get us set up for that and uh, we'll, we'll kick into it first uh first starting things off we have the uh overwatch collegiate championship got announced where's my where's my twitter thing there's my twitter thing there we go nice. yep yep we're, we're pros at this we are absolute pros at this there it is there it there is we... collegiate championship announced uh by overwatch league which the fall season was announced by path to pro this one was on the official overwatch league channel huge uh $51,000 plus in cash pricing which i believe is up from 15,000 uh in in the fall season it's growing exponentially and this is this is nothing but awesome for the scene uh signups in 214 tournament starts 219 yeah and it's um it's really great to see that like that 
there is a lot going on in collegiate at the minute. Like there's there's I think three or four collegiate scenes that are running concurrently. Um, having spoken to uh, Bay State following a match in ECAC last season, it was like, oh, what's your what's your plan for like the coming weeks? Like, oh, well, you know, we've got this tournament that finishes here, and then that tournament finishes then, and then we'll take a week off. We've got another tournament coming up after that. And so it's great that there is like now uh, this like official level thing of cool. Here's the Overwatch Collegiate Championship, and and it feels like a a second string to the to the path to pro alongside tier two, like another legitimate way for for players to get a bit more time in the spotlight. I think it's I think it's really helpful because yeah. then people have a second option, a, a financially better option, and they're just competing in, in the, the the normal path to pro. And also, you know, they can progress their their careers elsewhere just in case things don't go how they want to Overwatch. It's definitely a lot more of a secure option, and I think uh, it would be nicer also if we could have this option in other places around the world. Unfortunately, that's not possible, but it's so good for these Western players to have this option. That's not necessarily true, though, because NECC announced that they have some collegiate uh, work coming in from some uh, college in Britain. So uh, they've actually signed a collegiate team from Britain to uh, be represented in the NECC. So I think that there's it's starting to bridge out I think that, you know, we've got Canadian teams already. So, you know, we've got Canada and and, and the United States, but now we've got a British university uh, on board in the collegiate scene. So I think that just opens it up so much more, you know, then we'll hopefully we'll be able to see, you know, some some French teams, some some German universities uh, as well coming into the scene. The other thing is, you know, Redbird Esports, uh, you know, they, they, they pretty much got their entire roster decimated uh, by being picked up. So many people into OWL. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a chance to go to Illinois State University and meet a lot of the Redbirds, Hydrant being included. I've got a picture uh, with some of the team and, you know, got to meet the coaches and their captain and everything. So, you know, that was huge. But now, you know, they, they've come back uh, in, into this next season with all the people that have gone now to OWL they're still winning. Like iron is still part of the team right now uh, and they're still winning. So maybe it wasn't the biggest flex in the world that, you know, all these people went to overwatch. Like, yes, it was kind of unfair to the rest of contenders and, and open division and everything else that they went through, but the, the pedigree is still there. So I, I'm very interested to see how Illinois state university does this coming season, because if they can continue their form right now, uh, you know, cause they, they're, they're competing in NACE right now. Uh, they're four no in their season so far. Well, and it's just blurring the lines, like kind of not just running parallel uh, to T2, like Phil was talking about, but even blurring those lines a little bit. And they're kind of starting to blend. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen it you know, with Maryville uh, in the past. We've seen it with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Northwood has got a really strong team that's got a lot of players that have played in both contenders uh, and competing in the collegiate scene. And I mean, I think it's good. I think it's really good. And, and this is expanding. This collegiate championship is open to, to U.S. and Canada. Uh, EU schools aren't aren't in this particular collegiate championship for 2022. But uh, other esports titles are expanding to doing collegiate across the pond, uh, and it's only a matter of time. And the the fact that you could get a degree, that you can get some you know some scholarship money for for participating in, on esports squads, this is this is really good. This is the birth of something really beautiful, and, and I look forward to seeing where it goes. I think this is this is only the beginning. Uh, and teams are going to start investing more and more. Uh, we saw UTD with a really strong squad. We had Bonnie, who was in Overwatch League, was their coach. Uh, and that was with, you know, minimal backing, frankly, coming mm-hmm. from the, the establishment itself, coming from the university itself. Really impressive. And, yeah, and they still put together a, a top five squad in the country. Uh, yeah. And 
I'm looking forward to, to seeing that growth and that becoming more of the norm. And I think that's good for not just the T2 scene, but the the careers of Overwatch League players. Uh, and this is something we'll touch on a little bit more as we get into our main topic for the day. Uh, but that means we're going to you don't have to be 18. Like it's not just you're 18 and you get picked up. And if you're older than 18, then you're kind of too old already and your career ends by 20. Like when you start getting into more collegiate players and they get developed a little bit more, I think it will lengthen the lifespan of Overwatch players as a whole, which mm -hmm. is absolutely just good for everyone. I think just one last point on that. You, you talked about the not really being a similar thing in uh, in the EU, in the EMEA region. Um, part of that is because we are not one big contiguous landmass in the same way that America is. So uh, and so, you know, it, the EMEA region covers uh, Ireland all the way through to like Saudi Arabia. Uh, and there are some substantial ping distances involved in that, which is why we've typically seen like the separation of Saudi and the Middle East regions away from the rest of Europe because of that data center difference. Uh, I think look and see what Rocket League does, because Rocket League have just announced a um, an EMEA collegiate, like proper supported scene. Uh, they're going to show us, I think, how viable that is. So I'll be looking at that with a lot of interest. That was exactly yeah. the uh, other esports title I was thinking of, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, moving on to the next item in the list, we've actually got a couple of basically community announcements here. So the first of which is the formation of an organization called Scene Esports, that's S-E-E-N, and this is the brainchild of a number of people in the community. Uh, the one that stands out to me that I have some, some interaction with is Aaron Mori, uh, formerly a Path to Pro player. I believe she was last on Hour Zero when they were running what has now become known as the Shadow Dive composition. It was sort of a, a one-trick-ish team in that. But the idea of seeing esports is uh, basically a place to be a dedicated uh, training and uh, spotlight space for um, women, marginalized genders, people that are typically left behind by the rest of the, the esports scene. And I think this has been generated in response to uh, some fairly high-profile comments that have come out recently, and I love to see that rather than just like simmering anger and tweet dunks, people have actually gone, no, okay, let's do something to make this a little bit better. So, uh, w watching scene esports with a, a keen eye is the future. And that uh, one of the squads is Mochi. Mo Tell me how to pronounce that. Mochi. 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 I always second guess myself on that one, and then I ended up screwing <laughs> yeah, up. Same. Have some faith in yourself, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All in due time, my friend. All in due time. Uh, but <laughs> another uh, another organization uh, team that's that is one hundred percent focused on uh, inclusivity, and and that's they're doing a lot of coaching for seed, so you can get coaching through through a team that's that been competitive you know for some time and, and made up of individuals that have been in the scene for some time uh and it's just an absolutely amazing thing so i just wanted to give a shout out to them as well i mean i think that this this goes for everything it's not just for players it could also be for people looking into coaching maybe even casters or people who are interested in content like we are like i mean go over there if you uh, you know, get some of that support, or even message one of us. Right, we're here. To, we're here to help everyone in this scene because esports is for everyone, especially in an old our boats. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, I mean, I, I've gotten coaching, and it, it's helped my casting immensely. Like, if you're if you're a caster out there looking to improve your game, go get some coaching. This would be a great place to do it. Uh, so anyway. Anywho, the next item on the list is another community note here, and uh, 
maybe a small amount of self-promotion here. It's the Berry Blast Community Tournament this weekend. I'll be casting this Saturday and next Sunday. And if you're looking for some uh, Tier 2, Tier 3, Path to Pro-style gaming, this is probably the place for you. Like, looking through the list of who we've got playing here, there's GeForce, uh, the team Shigami have picked up Avery, Bearclaw Gaming, Regen, we Brawling, who have Frosted, Snozlar, and Apps from various places in the Tier 2 to Tier 3 scene. Um, I forget the full title of this. Uh, I think the full name of the team is that ragtag bunch of friends that you see in the movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, great. Uh, I look, look forward to having to say that in the middle of a cast. Great. Uh, and that's notable because it's got Kethry, Gale, and Bastion Main all playing at the Ooh. same time. So that should be a lot of fun. And then Tigerpaw Gaming, who I think have one of the best reveal videos that I've seen in a long time. I was just uh, that was hilarious. Was yeah. You know what? Hilarious. Actually, I have a story. I have a story on this. Obviously, okay. you noticed Bearclaw Gaming was was there, and we know I got Tigerpaw. Some of the players on Tigerpaw were previously on Bearclaw, and there was a bit of a, an incident there, and now we've got Tigerpaw on Bearclaw. So that's a story to watch this weekend. You see, this is the thing. I, I actually cast Bearclaw Gaming last weekend and i was watching this looking at the system going you know i'm sure infected was on back yeah yeah no yeah. now we've got now we've got a storyline going on the weekend i hope they play each other because that would yeah, be yeah. that would be epic yeah we, we love a good storyline uh, the other notable addition here is best buds uh who i believe we've seen a lot in sort of uh freestanding tier two t3 tier three tournaments inside the past couple months so yeah should be a lot of fun come check out that's this weekend and next weekend, that's the Berry Blast Community Tournament. Should be fun. Yeah, uh, Billy and I have actually had the pleasure of casting some members of Best Buds back when they were on their high school team. Uh, yep. And it was, uh, you had Hammer on there, who's their main tank, Backstab Bud, uh, the, the Flex DPS player. Uh, and they just dominated the high school league. Like, it was ridiculous how good they were. Uh, and then they went in and got third in open division, just barely missing out on trials. Uh, and have continued to improve. So I, I like that squad. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do as well. So, yeah, be sure to keep an eye out for them. I love this uh, intro animation, by the way. Just, just, oh yeah, just great. point this out. Like this, like that purple and black. Like this was, this was gorgeous. I don't. Whoever did this, huge props. Uh, absolutely, just amazing. Yeah, it's I, difficult I, to see it. Sorry, if you scroll down, might have credit. Might have credit. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Scroll it on down. Scroll it on down. Scroll it on down. There we go. There we go. Oh, it was. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Big surprise. Yeah, sense. Big surprise. <laughs> But uh, Momo, don't 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 count out Momo either. Momo no does doubt. a lot of good work in the tier two scene, tier three scene as well. So there we go. Absolutely, two massive ballers. Yeah, you got Momo and Riders working on this. No wonder the shit looks so good. Oh my goodness, here we go. <laughs> there we go. Here we'll we'll pull this up real quick, nice and big, just to kind of give you an idea. So uh, you'll know, streaming starting uh, tomorrow and Sunday. You got you know decent prize pools, for, particularly Great for a community pool. event. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't think the last time I saw a community event that had this kind of size of prize pool outside of like um, things like Fock, which we haven't had one of those in a while. So this is this is really cool. Was that fifty five, sixty five, seventy three hundred dollars total prize pool? That's that's immense for a community event. Absolutely, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think Ivy had two k each region, but that like this this is super exciting. So yeah, uh, y'all be sure to I... check that out. I'm going to take a little liberty here and keep us on the theme of uh, stuff going on in the community and jump a couple of news items here. 
Um, and that way, these are also all the ones with my name attached to them so that I can stop talking and let someone else have a turn. Um, and a, a couple of quick ones here. So if you've not been paying attention to Twitter, uh, you may have missed that there is another experimental patch coming on the way developed by members of the community. You might have seen that some, I think specifically projectile DPS heroes are being uh, edited by Jake and he's got some spicy changes there. I love that he looked at Echo and went, you know, what? I just don't think she's got enough kits and uh, gave her a recovery option if she gets a finishing blow, which, hey, fine, experimental card, go nuts, but but why? Um, but the thing I wanted to bring up here is uh, Lemon Kiwi, actually, uh, tier two caster, all around good egg, great person, um, is doing the tank changes to this experimental patch. And to the best of my knowledge, that's the first time we've had a caster, uh, with the exception of Jake, who, yes, was a caster of Watch League last season before last, um, that we've had somebody in that position in charge of this kind of change. So wonderful to see somebody from the community being given this option. It's, it's amazing. Exciting. And when I think of Jake, I don't really think of a caster, right? Like, that's no. not what I think of when I think of Jake. So, Despite the fact he was fucking great at it. He was. Yeah. He, he was. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like having, like, an actual pro player insight. Uh, and his chops were actually pretty darn good. Like, yeah. You know, it took a, a little of getting comfortable, but ZP did a good good job kind of guiding him. And he, he, yeah, he actually turned into a, a really damn good color caster. Yeah. But uh, a great huge shout-out to, to Living Kiwi. Big congrats there. That's, that's awesome. Uh, representing... All, the, all of us Overwatch casters, uh, that, that is a huge deal. That is a huge deal. And my my last line item here, a very, very short one. Um, Rich Rad and Juggle God currently sconced, ensconced up in Colorado ahead of the uh, Press Start to Continue event that they've got going on tomorrow from uh, Boulder Esports. Uh, so that should also be a, a lot of fun. Rich Rad, Juggle God, again, both. Really, really super nice guys. Uh, great parts of the community. All the best to them. Uh, so if you're not watching Berry Blast, see if you can tune in to uh, the uh, press start to continue event that's happening tomorrow. And guys, someone else can have a turn at the mic now because uh, I feel like I've been talking for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got to talk about the big elephant in the room, don't we? We got to talk about Microsoft. Hey, that's rude. I'm losing weight. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay. we take your section and I'll take mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Microsoft Activision Blizzard buyout. Uh, I think that is what we are going to be looking at. Hi, Poppin. Poppin uh, <laughs> popping up in the chat now. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that I want to see Microsoft bring their culture of inclusivity uh, and, and, you know, just better all around human resource management because good Lord, Blizzard needs it right now. I think it's a lifeline that our beloved game also needs. Uh, I, I put some spicy stuff out there. I think that, you know, I think that what should happen right now, and this is my own personal opinion, I'm not speaking for anything else, but I think that they need to scrap o Overwatch 2 and just make our game the best it can be. Just say F to Overwatch sailed. That ship has sailed. I, 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 um, it could happen. It could happen. I, I'm smoking the copium here. That's uh, it's a uh, it's a big old pipe of in that one. I, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's That's a like copium I'm on the Yeah, I think the ex expectation is from the stuff that's been talked about by people on other teams and from within Blizzard is that we should be getting some news about something hopefully the next couple of weeks, and that that might be me on the hopium. Um, but that seems to be like time scale wise, if Overwatch League is going to be starting back up in April and Pro is going to play on an early patch of Overwatch Two, like they they need Overwatch Two now really 
Um, the latest they can get that, I think, and still have it be somewhat competitive is that's got to be April. So we've got to have news now. I mean, there was but... just a league scrim. You know, they're doing five on five with workshop codes. Like that's that's a it should sc- not be a workshop codes. That's a little we should not be that professional there. league that's in its fifth season. Like, yeah. I think I can't think who it was that I saw on Twitter, but somebody somebody put out something saying uh, I've just spoken to some of my coaching. Yes, is an important post. Yeah, yeah. In, inside Overwatch League, asking if they've had chance to play on Overwatch uh, Overwatch Two yet, and the response was lol, no. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what's 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 crazy to me is I was watching those five v five scrims, and what's really concerning is oh, it was uh, there's a, there's a YouTube board of that you can go and look at it. There wasn't a single engagement from the attacking team for a minute and three seconds, and that's not an engage like a team fight engagement. It was an engagement onto one singular hero, and that concerns me um, because those are the highest level players. I know that's not on the Overwatch two game, but there are some cool line changes, etc. Yeah. And I think all the sort of like close gameplay samples we've got haven't really impressed me so i think once we do get news it's gonna for me to be immediately happy with it it's gonna have to it's gonna have to knock it out of the park yeah um i'm very concerned but cautiously optimistic but i'm very concerned yes a a common state in overwatch at the minute yeah Yeah, no doubt Uh, but i mean the bio's not going to be completed until late 2023 Um, is when the the buyout will actually go through and Microsoft will will have ownership. Uh, and and the comments have been you know encouraging, uh, coming out from Phil Spencer and like the Xbox side of things. Uh, it's you know talking about here. Let me find the exact quotes. I don't want to misquote it, but the accountability that they're they're talking about bringing in. I mean, definitely speaks to all of the recent issues over the past year and what has come to light over the past year that has been going on for the past decade. Uh, it definitely speaks to that, and it talks about wanting to right those wrongs. Was basically what I got from from this quote that I'm desperately digging to find at the moment. Uh, but only time will tell how long it'll take to implement those things. Yeah, whilst you're digging, uh, comment from Disro in the chat that Tim Tatman said the same thing. Blizzard needs to scrap Overwatch 2 and focus on Overwatch. Um, what they what they need to do and what is possible from a company that is still mired in a very top-down management structure, I think are very different things. Um, it seems to me like the developers don't have the level of control over their product that they really need to make it the best it could be. Um, and so scrapping Overwatch 2, uh, it just as much as it might be like a preferred way forward, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, I think that's Dream sailed. all we want. Yeah, um, but I mean, I th- I th- 5 and th- 5 has sailed. Like even yeah. if you bring out Overwatch two, but just keep it six v six, which we—that's a whole other conversation that we can open that can of worms at some point in time if we really want to. Um, that's another episode. I think that's an important episode. I, I think that's another episode. Uh, yeah, I do also want to just quickly acknowledge Manaplasia, and I will stop reading from chat directly shortly. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very valid point that uh, we are very deep in the source of competitive Overwatch here as as casters. Um, we are not the main target audience for this, right? The main target audience for Overwatch 2 is the casual player base, and yeah. that's what the PvE is coming in for. Uh, and so the, we need to maybe be a little bit more nuanced when we think about what is and isn't the correct route forward here, because that PvE portion is uh, aimed at a big chunk of the player base that maybe don't want to be grinding ranked however many hours a day. 
I'm sure. excited for the PvE. Oh yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, it, it, I, I think it's gonna be fantastic. I just don't think yeah. it has a place in our competitive scene. That that's what I think. Uh, us being so biased towards six v six, I think that's where a lot of our issues come from. Is that they're taking away what we have come to know as the competitive scene, and they're trying to flip it on its head. They're trying to reinvent the wheel. And so, some, yeah. sometimes the wheel needs reinventing. Like I, I actually think the game is a lot healthier with Rollock than it was before Rollock. Oh yeah. I agree yeah. with that. Um, I, agree. I was really shocked that we, we came to that outcome, but I feel like that my concern with going to 5v5 is oh, like oh. this is like what Overwatch's third or fourth major format change in yeah. like five, six years. Have you ever seen a game that's been a long standing esport do that? No. Be six no, years I, in I, 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 I think looking at where we are in the broadcast and given that we are again getting deep into the source here of competitive when this is a tier two community podcast, I, I think let's let's save that for a later, deeper episode and let's have a look at what we've yeah. got for the rest of the day. It's probably uh, smart. We... Oh, I'm just yeah. gonna close for this topic then. I did find this quote. Um oh, yeah, immediately yes, Spencer announced No no no, no apologies necessary. You're absolutely right. Somebody's gotta keep us on track. Uh <laughs> Microsoft is committed to our journey for inclusion in every aspect of gaming among both employees and players. We hold all teams and all leaders to this commitment. So it was a very appropriate, I mean, you can read into how much that's PR or whether that's genuine, but a very appropriate encouraging comment coming out mm -hmm. of Phil Spencer, uh, like the day after the bio. Yeah, but then the day after that, he came out and said that he was like uh, very pleased with uh, Bobby Kotick's adjustments to ensuring an inclusive workplace so Ooh. i don't know how much i really <laughs> buy Phil spencer right now but yeah at the risk at the risk of damaging my my credentials i think i'm gonna leave it there for me personally <laughs> fair enough fair enough um this kind of feeds into our next point is that it was released today uh that activision blizzard will most likely go third party uh, yeah. For for the fifth season of Overwatch League, this is this is pretty big mood, pretty big news coming through. Uh, what are y'all's opinions on this? How do you think this is going to affect you know production and the way season five goes? I think it probably oh. frees up a lot of resources for yeah. Activision Blizzard. I think if you look at what it costs them to put these people in a position to do this work, it's probably cheaper to outsource it. I don't know that there is a production company in the world that can manage both halves of this so i think it's probably going to be two separate production companies i have some thoughts as who i'd like to see do this um but i i i suspect it's going to be one of the existing big operators who would you like to see do it this is this is our podcast we can share our opinions here T tell us tell us okay more. so I, I think we've got man of class in the, in the chat here and i don't think this is necessarily all that likely but i would love to see monkey bubble as a production house given some given how well they've done with the path to pro coverage they've got, I'd love to see them given some piece of this pie, whether that is like, you know, we give, giving them uh, tournaments, like uh, end of end of season tournaments, that sort of thing to handle. That would be fantastic. <clears throat> I think it's far more likely to go to somebody like, uh, face it, ESL, uh, maybe even to Esports Engine, given they've just been handed CDL to run. Um, I can see it being some of those guys. I had my engine. own personal thought. I thought I, I thought that Nerd Street Gamers might be able to handle it. Um, how good they've done with with yeah. Valorant here in America, um, you know, I think that it could be outsourced. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think one of the uh, the, the tier two production houses, 
I mean, even the Elo Hell Sports, you know, given what happened earlier in the year, I think that they have they they've brought themselves around. Uh, they've really tried to clean up their act, and they're bringing other sides to themselves now. Uh, I, I think that they could possibly get into that as well. So, you know, I, I'm looking at those two big houses right now. Um, could they handle it? I think so. I think they're going in the right direction as far as their production house and, and how they're doing things now. So I, I definitely think Monkey Bubble should be high on that list, though, seriously, because, I mean, look at the production quality that they've had for Overwatch contenders, EU, and, and NA. So, I mean, it's just been absolutely spot on. So I, I think my concern with Monkey Bubble, and I'd like to think Monkey Bubble share this concern with me and that I'm not speaking out of turn, is that if we are ever going back to uh, in-person attended events... That was the point I was going to make next, yeah. Sorry, sorry about No, that. no, no, it's a good point. I was, I'm just, we're, we're sharing a brain cell here. I was thinking the same thing. Go ahead, <laughs> finish, please continue. Yeah, so, you know, uh, as much as I love Monkey Bubble, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think they've been directly involved with a, like, big ticketed, like, that sort of event management uh, style event like it's really uh, only in the digital space i'm confident they could do the digital stuff like i i know for a fact they can do the digital stuff they've been doing that for years if it becomes bigger than that i think it's going to be a struggle at which point you know street gamers your hsls they're far more like esl that's why i keep saying hsl that's the health and safety laboratory in the uk <laughs> uh, esls like they're far more like opinions on this i would be very concerned about esl and face it providing their, their recent sales to uh, Saudi gaming in, in Saudi Arabia. I think I'm not. I'm not too. I haven't done too much research on uh, Saudi gaming's uh, human rights record, but of course we know a lot of companies in that sort of area of the world do not have a great human rights record, and that's of course a big concern. Uh, however, of course it is also worth noting, and the, the other side of the coin is we've actually had some Saudi Arabian organize, organizations in in esports who have who have had okay human human. Yeah. Right, three uh, records. Uh, but I also want to, to kind of move this to talk about the tier two production houses and uh, what my compared choices would be. I think if you were going to go for someone who's worked in Overwatch previously with the tier two production houses that we've got, um, I mean, Monkey Bubble is 10 times better than EHG. Uh, I, I, speaking from a team that competed in Korean Contenders, uh, with EHE's performance with Korean contenders was quite frankly, and I, I work at EHE and I'm going to say it, it was quite frankly dreadful. Uh, the whole saga with not paying our full property was just not right. And then some of the actual like social media that came with that production was poor. I thought that they, they, were, they were pretty bad. Um, I think that their casters and some of their producers and observers saved them, but as a company, they, they quite frankly don't even deserve a tier two Overwatch gig anymore, and that's my personal opinion. Ooh. I'm gonna be brave and say okay. that. Both states. Um, while I'm an employee of them, uh, 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 personal uh, opinions uh, of where I think they should go. I think Gamers Engine, uh, sorry, uh, Esports Engine is 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 my preference at the current moment because it's with CDL right now as well. It just seems that that would be that would be the easiest option and have the most commun communication, but uh, between people who are more involved in esports as well um it's just you know people who are involved in overwatch league so we can get the best esports product out there 
Um, but of course, I mean, the ideal scenario is some point OGN randomly gets revived, getting all the OGN uh, oh. style broadcast. You know, everyone remembers the all day Pex days. I mean, that is that is the, the most hopian you can ever vibe on. But yeah, no, uh, those are my opinions on it. I think my preferred choice right now is Eastwood's engine. But if you want to go for one of the tier two um, companies uh, who are in Overwatch, or at least give them a try in some sort of like cool events around Overwatch League, that are, are the Overwatch League gig, Monkey Bubble's the way to go. They are 10 times better on um, the Western Overwatch that they had. And that's from an APAC bias. I just want to very quickly address your point about uh, Face It and the recent buyout by a Saudi company. Um, Emmy, uh, Captain Fluke on Twitter, who she's a uh, primarily a Rainbow Six caster. I believe she does some Valorant as well. Yeah. Um, immediately raised some basically the same concerns you have about handing over to a, a Saudi uh, company. Um, and they have actually been very good about getting back in touch with her and giving her assurances that whilst the financing may come from a different place, the people in charge are not going anywhere and they do intend to fight to keep things the same and to ensure that sort of that um, untoward political, uh, social political bias doesn't come into it. The proof will ultimately be in the pudding, but um, I trust Emmy to not have been duped by these people. I, I yeah. think she's very smart and so. I think some good reassurances in place, but we are right to be a little bit skeptical about it. Agreed. That is, um, I mean, obviously we're all concerned about human rights records in Saudi Arabia, but I think that esports and sports in general can be a big part of changing that sort of region for the better. Um, I think that's something that we 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 can kind of have to accept and, mm -hmm. and try and push them forward. I mean, obviously that's that's if that sort of region is willing to change and. I think maybe maybe in the future, yeah. in an ideal scenario, maybe. But I think before we we say, oh, you know, we're we are definitely concerned about human rights records. Not every company in that region has a poor human rights records. The majority, absolutely. But there are some companies, even in Eastwoods, that do. And I think actually a lot of them deserve respect uh, because they do actually get a lot of disrespect just because of people categorizing where they are. Yeah, I, I think sure. it's important that we not treat uh, any region or any peoples as a monolith and acknowledge that this is a, uh, a complex region with, with, with complex views. Um, in the spirit of getting us on to the main topic, one last point for today. We have sort of an immemorium for a, a few people. Um, so first off, uh, Fran rather publicly came out and said that she would not be playing Overwatch anymore i think actually stepping back entirely from streaming here yes um citing yes. um it's i don't think it's ever been her main source of income there was a recent kerfuffle over uh, the the leaking of her uh, nft discord and twitter accounts which you can make up your own minds on nft and, and cryptocurrency you can certainly go check my twitter to see exactly what i think about that but i think ultimately as a member of the community as a very visible female player as someone who has supported uh, tier two through the the FOCC FOC tournaments, uh, we are definitely poorer as a community for having lost her. Agreed. I mean, on her Twitter, her her bio just says "I'm free now." Yeah. Like that is literally her bio. Uh, but you're talking about somebody with uh, just shy of eighty four thousand followers, who was yeah. a huge supporter of tier two and community Overwatch. I would go so far as to say the FOCC were the the two best community tournaments we've had in the past in recent memory. Um, so yeah, certainly a big loss there, uh, but not the only one, a little bit more lighthearted and congratulatory. We do have, uh, Thibble Dork, uh, 
uh, who was SNM from Florida Mayhem, decided to pick up another job and is, and is stepping away from Overwatch. Uh, I opted to go with the picture of him in his trailer driving across the country. Um, but wish him the best. I mean, he's, he was literally in, in, in Blizzard Arena for season one. Um, and has has been around the the professional Overwatch scene since its inception in some form or fashion, perhaps behind the scenes. Uh, those of you involved in Tier Two may have seen him cast alongside uh, BHP here, doing some contenders work uh, and trials work and, and everything else uh, in that vein. Uh, he has assured me that he will still be coming back for casting, so he's not completely done with Overwatch. I just don't think he's working for an Overwatch League team going forward. That's that, that's good to hear. I, I think that's good to hear in of itself. But wishing wishing Thimbledore all all the best, and we know uh, you know Florida are gonna miss him. Uh, and then the the biggest news as far as this topic is concerned is uh, Brennan Josh coming out with the identical tweets, uh, just changing their own name to the other person's name. That was the only word different in either of their tweets. Yeah. Uh, but basically stating they don't have an agreement with all. For, for 2022 uh and, and again to to individuals who have been staples in the in the scene uh in the community in owl in some form or fashion you know been on the desk you know was with overwatch world cup uh and, and all the major events bringing you know bringing their explosive personalities and a lot of humor and and good stuff good analytics and you know stepping into the casters booth for 2020 and 2021 uh saw you know, saw a lot of growth and stuff there, and it was it was it was fun to watch them grow from from year to year. Uh, and I definitely definitely think the scene is going to miss them a lot. And you know, that's a little lesser for it. So, yeah, uh, it honestly wouldn't surprise me with the public outpouring if there was some kind of pretty hurried opening of offer from Overwatch League to bring them back. Um, you you can you can have your own opinions as to their casting and their style, but you can't deny that they are a, a big draw and a, a big part of the personality of the league for the past four years. Uh, and I do think Overwatch League needs to do what they can to get them to stay. I yeah, mean, just uh, they're they're uh, streaming alone, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a second thing is, uh, I think there are some rumors that they weren't getting paid properly. I mean, yeah. Overwatch League's had that for a long time of not paying people what they're what they're worth. Um, so I mean, just step it up. I mean, the talent for Overwatch League, in my personal opinion, has made it 10 times better than what it would be with with different talents in my personal opinion i think over the, over the years i think i think one person that really missed for a long time was lemmy when lemmy came back this year i was yeah, i was ecstatic yeah. for Agreed. just for an example right i think um brandon and josh at least the, the more casual community will have a, will a big significant loss if they if they are leaving yeah, I think if, if they don't come back, expect a very, very strong co-stream presence from Flat Chat uh, in, the, in the 2022 season. And, then, and my... they have stated as much. They are going to continue doing the podcast, and, and they are going to do some co-streams. So, My thought on this is that it's the same situation that Wolf was put into when he wanted to do the LCK. And Similar, being yeah. an Overwatch master, I think that Overwatch wasn't willing to let them have their cake and eat it too. I think that's what's actually happened here because they're really going heavy into Valorant. Mm. I think that's what's actually happened here. That's my personal opinion. Uh, they didn't want to let go of the Valorant side of their uh, of their of their gig, and you know Wolf was also not willing to let go of League of Legends in Korea. Yeah. So I think that's what actually happened. I, I don't think it has to do with remuneration or anything like that. I think it has to do with them wanting to be 
Valorant casters and um, and and Overwatch casters dually, and Blizzard has never allowed that. And I think that's what my personal feeling is what happened, um, because I remember you know just feeling absolutely downtrodden when Wolf announced that he was not going to be with Overwatch League yeah. anymore. That was my like guru uh, that I patterned myself after that I really looked up to. Um, you know, I'm still in his Discord. He still talks about Overwatch all the time. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that 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 they that we're going to be the poor, despite what I personally think of, of Brad and, and and Sideshow. Um, I, I think you, I think everybody hit the nail on the head. I think that we absolutely are going to miss their presence if they do not come back. And I think okay. you know, all, all the speculation is reasonable. Could be a little column A, a little column B, right? Yep. Uh, I suspect we'll find the full story in the in the fullness of time. But yep. with that new segment over and done with, I think we can probably look at moving into what we're actually here to discuss today, which is having a look at who specifically is moving up from the Tier 2 scene into Overwatch League proper. Uh, and so we're going to break this down by region and just have a look at who's moving up and, and what we think about them. So uh, I think we're actually going to start with um, OCE and uh, the pack region um which is not a not a big region particularly when you look at the talent that's moving up but an interesting region indeed indeed i'm getting i'm getting our our sheet set up here and uh boom there we go there we go uh so we've got uh, one player or kind of a, a almost a mythical figure yeah. in the overwatch seed and patafan uh finally makes it into owl like this is this is massive uh, I mean, this, this is exciting. It's kind of this the equivalent of like if Sugar Free got picked up, right? It's like somebody who has been in the scene since they were like 13, 14. Yeah. 15 when he when he was like the standout player for Team Thailand in the Overwatch World Cup. younger. Like, like this no, no, one's no, been around a long I checked, time. I checked on Liquipedia. He was 15 in the 2000. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Padafan uh, took a break. He actually went and played Valorant and from what I can tell, was was kind of kicking ass in Valorant as well. Yeah, yep. uh, tier one, tier one back, Valorant, player, one of the best. Yeah, coming back to the LA Gladiators, so this is a very very interesting development. Yep, played a little bit in Korean contenders, but mostly played uh, in the pack region. Was on Talon when Talon moved um, after Pacific uh, contenders uh, shut down, or whatever the the correct term is for yep. that. Uh, but but continuing to play in Korea for a little bit now. I guess the the question on everybody's mind here is uh, the the gamer hasn't played Overwatch in a while. So how you know are they gonna be able to come in and perform at it at the top level? Like just just kind of skipping contenders all together. Uh, haven't seen much. Question about it. Two thousand nineteen. He said like an elite competitor. The Gladiators picked them up as pretty much their burgeoning replacement. I have faith he's gonna come good. And I, you know what? Balls on the walls here. Rookie of the year contender instantly. Oh, really? Really? As good as that? I, I guess uh, to add to that, like the, the thought that I've seen put forward most about Overwatch 2 is that it is going to be a lot more like team shooter focused. Like it's a lot more about quick frag than it is about staging. And like, all that will come into it, but like it is a lot more about fragging potential than it was previously. So, like having a guy that you know can perform already in a, a fast paced 5v5 game. And with a proven pedigree in Overwatch, like I do feel like he's going to be a very strong pickup. Can't argue with any of that. Can't argue with any of that. I mean, rookie of the year contender. That's bold. That's bold. I like it. We're we're here for some bold, honest opinions. Bold. That's what we do. Think, we're not going to pull punches. Honest. He moved into Valorant yep. and instantly was one of the best players outside of you know your main regions. 
And I mean, what he did in Valorant was amazing. What he did in Pacific Overwatch and Contenders was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he instantly put a name on Pacific Overwatch if you didn't think of Mickey previously. Yeah. Uh, and he's now on the LA Gladiators as a potential burgeoning replacement. That's how big they think of him. He's been getting a lot of resources. I don't even think it's a bold statement to say he'll be one of the best DPS players in the league this year. There you go. There you go. Yeah, the, the other player from not from this region, but from we, we've lumped two of the smaller regions together. Uh, so from the OCE region, that's Australian contenders. That's the only thing that actually is in that region. Uh, we've got Adam. Adam from Oz is coming back in, having been signed to the Valiant and then picked from the Valiant when the Valiant dropped their entire Western roster to go to a Chinese roster. He's back. He got picked up by Florida Mayhem. uh, And uh, God, that's going to be, that's going to feel so good having lost that opportunity to now actually be here and ready to go in an Overwatch League team. Well, I think everybody in the the community, didn't matter which part of the Overwatch community, there was an outcry over the way that the, the Valiant situation was handled. And that's why we've got Adam included here on our rookie list, despite, you know, technically got picked up last <laughs> year, but that was for what, like two weeks? I mean, it was like, you've got an Overwatch League contract. Never mind. Go back home. Like, uh-huh, JK, LOL. Yeah, oh, brutal. Be- brutal. But I mean, mad respect. Adam did, didn't, clearly didn't let it get to him. Uh, not only playing um, for Ground Zero Gaming over in Australia and just, I mean, dominating the Australian contenders, but also simultaneously playing uh, for some UAs uh, from NA squads as well. Uh, was on Uprising Academy and Dark Mode, respectively. So, I mean, just mad respect playing on you know whatever ping that could possibly be. I think two hundred might be a low estimate. Yeah, uh, yeah. but you can't you can't undervalue the hard work this this gamers put in. Looking forward to see what he can actually do uh, when he's actually co-located with the rest of the team, um, which I, we are going to come on to a little bit later as well. So we've got another player in that position on Florida, which should be interesting. Um, just want to take a minute now. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for, for bearing with us through the tech issues. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with Map 5 Podcast, please go and give us a follow on Twitter, which is... Uh, oh, oh, Jeff, I've forgotten the Twitter handle. Help me out here. It's Map 5 Podcast. Map 5, I wasn't sure if it was pod or podcast. Map 5 Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, uh, we would appreciate a follow if you don't already follow us on Twitter. And our handles are directly below our names. But the next region uh, we're going to look at here is uh, China, which doesn't have the level of pickup that I might really have expected from a region that has come to be viewed as uh, the strong region that it is. Like, this is a, a much smaller set of pickups than we really anticipated. Seriously. But, but I mean, where they do go, I mean, it, it really matters. Uh, Pineapple Irony and Super Rich uh, all going to the Hangzhou Spark. Boy, I, 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 I have got later on in our cast you know when we when we pick out a player that we really singled out i singled out pineapple uh loved Good his time. play for billy billy gaming so uh, you just got well, billy billy gaming because it's got your name in it twice of course, <laughs> of course. i mean hello you gotta have chef a little billy bit of billy gaming <laughs> chef billy billy gaming no but i think that irony and pineapple i mean kenobi one of our one of our my mentors uh, talking about the coaching aspect of, of casters and stuff has helped me tremendously uh, get to where I am getting now. But, I mean, his analysis of them being the best DPS duo in the Chinese region, whoo, man, if they don't put them together and have that instant synergy going on, uh, because Alpha Yi, I mean, could be, has been picked up as well. So, I mean, 
IRD Pineapple and, and Alpha Yi together on a team, uh, especially if they go to they're going two way with uh with Liga. So I mean you could have technically four members of Billy Billy Gaming playing for the Hangzhou Spark. I know that we've got Gushui there. I know that Bernard is still there. Um, and we're also looking at Architect on the DPS, but man, you've got instant synergy over time with these gamers from Billy Billy Gaming, and then if you throw super rich into the into the facet as Hangzhou well. As well. Hongzhou is going to be scary. Yeah, I'm going to Hongzhou because uh, Super Rich is the other pickup, right? From yeah. uh, from well, Tennis Korea this season, but of course known for Two CC's Dynasty in containers China in 2020, 2020 actually. Um, yeah, a, a couple of years ahead of time. I, I almost said 2022, but this is 2022. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was two years ago. Super Rich and Liga as well as Sia. I've talked about Liga, of course, and Super Rich were on team together on Team CC in China. So, I mean, that's another little bit of extra synergy. So they fought well about their pickups. Whether those pickups are going to be enough, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned because also the Valiant are going to be quite good this year, but we'll talk about that uh, soon enough. Yeah, but did Valiant. I not get Alpha Yi on this list? I'm an idiot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You've had You're not an idiot, that. but you also forgot Dia. He's no, not a rookie. He didn't include Dia because he's not a rookie. He has played no watch. League. He's played like thirty-five plus games of yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that was for that was for uh, that was for Shanghai. <laughs> Still not a rookie. Yeah, we're talking were... rookie. We're talking people who graduated this year, who were contenders last year that we've all watched grow through T two and have have donned their their graduation caps. I forget what the technical term is for that square hat, but we are throwing them in the air for these rookies. And <laughs> as happy as I am to see him back in the league, is not one of those rookies. All right, I'm just, okay, fine. I will I'll, stand I'll... by that. Stand uh, by it. Alpha Alpha Yi was just a, a a big dumb moment though. I I have no excuses on that one. Okay, well, the, the beatings will continue after the broadcast. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> on, on which note, let's look at the the biggest region we've actually got here in terms of pickups, and unsurprisingly, that is of course Korea, and a lot of pickups here from O2 specific, O2 Blast specifically. I think the majority of the team have now been picked up. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. it's actually at seven players. Uh, one of which is uh, Wuha who is, oh, yeah. clearly, is clearly not a rookie and is actually going into coaching. But if technically players coming out of O2 Blast, they have seven. Uh, I believe that's the, I mean, that is the most of any team CC across any region. CC is also seven, I think. Because oh, okay. Wuyol was CCC. Oh yeah, Wuyol was CC. There was another, shoot, who am I thinking of? Aimgod. Was it Aimgod I'm thinking of? Aimgod's also team CC. Yeah, I know okay. they got picked up. Yep. All right, there you go. Both, there of you them, go. both of them got like six or seven players picked up. It's, right. it's mental numbers. Um... But I mean, Korea. I, I want. Can I talk about one name in particular? Absolutely. It, it we do, we do have a specific section for this coming up, but by all means, go for it. <laughs> no, no, I, I have to go for it. And it's also it is the player that I am really excited for this year. It was the one person I picked. But they, I see their name in front of me, and I have to talk about them. And it's Cho Rom. Uh, right. Talent main support. I'm, I'm highlighting a main support player, but not just because of them. I've highlighted it because of the two players that they're mainly going to be playing around, which is their tank player and their flex support player on Toronto. Now, Cho Rong, uh, I remember when we played uh, Talon in uh, in Contenders, and it was uh, we 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 got dumped. We, we got we got we got shit on. <laughs> we, we just got shit on. <laughs> like, like no way, to, no way to put it. Cho Rong and and Kellen, who was their main tank, absolutely, uh, they did a lot of damage. Let's put it that way. Um, but I'm really excited because the main tank on Toronto Defiant is Muse. 
and the yes. flex support is Twilight. So you're gonna have a you're gonna have a, a main support who sets people up with Twilight as their flex support and Muse as their main tank or tank in general. I'm excited to see what damage show on can do. Can't argue with that. Now my concern is uh, and there is some reason to bias here, but Churon seems strongest on the brick. Now I don't know how viable brick is going to be without a stun. Who knows? Like it's, but it's it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine like brick being any good without being able to stun. Like that just seems like such a. You, core I mean, part you watch. You watch that five five scrim that we we've seen. And that was a brick with either stun. There was. Well, that was brick with either stun, and brick was what like seventy percent pick rate. Like, yeah, I think you, you, I think brick's still going to be a big part. I think it's it, Rally is still such an important Rally part of her kit. So you could basically take away her shield bash and her whip shots, and yeah, she'd be weaker, but you still just play for Rally. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you'd be able to build Rally really quickly without a whip shot. I will. I will add that caveat. But no, you you do make a fair point. I, I was just throwing that out there. You know, just one of one of the thoughts that crossed my mind. But I I can't argue. I mean, Trong looked very impressive uh, this past year, so no arguments there. Um... Uh, just going down this list. Now, I do want to add a caveat here. I'll pull the, the, the list back up. Uh, I'm trying to get in the balance of which screens to use where. I'll figure this out as we go along, all right? Some first day... A lot of juggling work going on behind the scenes. <laughs> Some first day it, wrinkles it, going it, on here. In more ways than one, Bull Skunk is, is currently a swan. Calm and serene on the surface, but you better believe the legs <laughs> Oh, just kicking. Just absolutely yeah. kicking. Um, so I did want to, to point out, like, innovation. Innovation really known for the, the 2020 dominance. Like, one of the most dominant teams since 2019 Element Mystic was 2020 Team CC. Um, it was just smashed Gauntlet. Like, nobody was even close from either region when they played the Korean teams in Gauntlet that year. Uh, and Innovation kind of made his name as a big part of that squad. But I did include him in the, the Korean section because he played in Korea prior to going to Team CC. So it was like that one year he played in China. And though that was the year where he really um, stood out and made his name, the rest of his contenders career was spent playing in Korea. So I just, just want to add that little caveat uh, in there. Uh, there was one other who... Well, I've, I, I've got one that I want to throw out here, because for my sins, I am a Soul Dynasty fan. Uh, and so, uh -huh. to, to, to the brains in the room, that's that's Billy and Ethan. What do you rate... How do you rate Vindame as a pickup here? Vindame? Vindame? He's going to be really awesome playstyle-wise, because they... He, he was kind of like a player that just came in, like, certain maps, and uh, just did a job, right? Like... So, really useful tool playstyle wise uh, for so, uh, so, and that's going to give them a lot of versatility, I think. Uh, so, I think what they've lacked previously with their main supports is a little bit of versatility. I think uh, Vindame will help with that. Okay, yeah, so I, I, think can, I, can, I can take my Hopium. Yeah, I mean, your Hopium should be fully stocked. Uh, I mean, it's going to be situational. It's when they're going to use uh, that gamer. So, that's the big support right now is or the big question right now is when are they going to use them how are they going to use them i mean yeah. we'll see we'll see how it goes but i mean they've they've made the moves i think that they need to be get themselves out of that you know third fourth place relegation uh in the uh in the uh, uh pacific region we'll see we'll see if they use them more or less uh, i think they should favor more towards the positive side of using vindame We'll see. We'll see. This that, is, that's really the mantra for Overwatch League on Overwatch 2, is it? Because we don't know how it's going to work. We don't know who it's going to be strong. We don't know what the meta's going to be. So it's just, we'll see, I guess. And I, I guess I... we'll also... 
I, I, I don't envy the people trying to pick up that. people, right? Yeah. Oh. It's making me and Ethan's job very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for a play by play caster, we, we, we're the chimps in the casting pair, so we can just go on whatever. <laughs> it just it doesn't matter what's meta, we just we just say what's on the screen. It's actually very easy. Oh yeah, Things we work with branch both by of you branch. as my play by play, neither of you are simian like. <laughs> no, we we just sure. swing branch by branch. We don't know what branch we're going to until we get to the next one, and then you know it's just quick decision making on what branch we swing through so we don't fall and face plant on the ground. Uh, which, which still happens from time to time. But, um... So, given that we are in an NA time zone here, and that is the next on our list, uh, let's let's have a look and see who we got coming in from NA, because I'm assuming that that is who most people in the audience will be familiar with. Agreed, but I don't... Okay, I, I, I'm i going to bring my tank bias in here and, and put pump the brakes a little bit, because before we move on, uh, I do want to talk about Kellen, who was just, oh. like, monstrous tank. Uh, super impressive, was hands down the best tank in Korea this past year, uh, going to NYXL, this, this player can make waves, and I mean big, big waves. Uh, I, I was very impressed by Kellen. Uh, someone coming out of Team CC, your only other tank pickup out of Korea. Uh, two of the five, 39 people graduating out of contenders, moving on to Overwatch League, only five were tanks. Two of those coming out of Korea. Uh, so I just want to take a moment to highlight they're both phenomenal. Keep an eye out for those two. There you go. That's all I gotta say. I don't want to I don't want to hold this here too long, but one more highlight. So I mean, let me let me chip in here. But there's one that isn't picked up that I think should have. And it's He Sang, who's just actually been picked up by O2 Blast as a replacement for some of the DPS players they lost. The reason He Sang should have been picked up, especially in the APAC region, is I mean, we seen how good Sombra has been in all of these like tests that we've seen like that's terrifying yeah, right, right? he's saying he's saying is the only somber player in the world that i think can challenge lip and i think he's saying is should have been picked up immediately should have been instantly on someone's radar right. to try and challenge shanghai especially know, I, in the apac region i i wish that i could drag this up quickly but um i think it was um uh, Gatam Chung on Twitter that shared this, which was the analysis of like somber performance throughout the league, and uh, Lip leads in alt charge, and also in lowest time holding an EMP. So like he just gets them quick, and, like doesn't hey, doesn't. But he's saying it's the same play style. Turn around them just like boom, instantly EMP. <laughs> yeah, no EMP on cooldown. Yeah, yeah. He 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 is just like a nutcase on somber. He will randomly like in a, just a. 2v5, just EMP. He sang does the exact same thing. Uh, if you've ever watched He sang play, a big, I think a big ex example of this, if you go and watch 2020 Gauntlet and watch He sang on Sombra, you will notice that He sang is a crackhead as well on Sombra and just uses EMP randomly. I think He sang would have been a really intelligent pickup to try and keep pace with Lip. Uh, well, you yeah, heard it here first, everybody. That's. Uh... That's the the pickup that someone has missed. Still, I think sometime before the full roster lock comes into effect. Someone picks them up and taking credit. Okay, there we, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of players. So you're looking at Talon versus T1 on your screen right now. There's a lot of players from either of these squads that are moving on. Um, Come from... high water though. I am dragging us over to NA. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, quick shout out to Develop who got picked up as well, but we didn't include as a rookie because he was on the bench for Shanghai this past year. But Develop's also going to be very good. All right. Okay. Yes. All right. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, all right. All right. All right. And there uh, we go. Here we go. We're, we're taking that long uh, plane trip across the Pacific. <laughs> I've got jet lag now. 
and uh, we're headed to some NA. Let's. Uh... Well, I'm gonna pull up the thing. Why don't y'all go ahead and start? I said this the the second that I saw him signed. I think Hydron's a very strong contender here, given the what we expect the changes in play style and the way Overwatch is played to be. There is a very strong uh, possibility that Hydron is one of the most impactful pickups in the region that he's playing in. He's, he's going to Florida, playing in the, the basically the NA region. Uh, I think he has the potential to take over games here. He's always impressed me as a very, very strong player. I think the first time I ever came across Hydron's name was he was being 0.25 by Kefri, uh, which is, you know, that's a that's a mark of success, right? That's like Fair. Kefri is going, no, no, this, this guy can't be this good. I got to slow down. Fair. It's nuts. Like, and he's developed so much in the past two years. I think that's the scary thing about him, that his development, he could just get better. Yeah. I mean, I had the pleasure and opportunity to uh, to see him play in person, and he was playing against the Fuel in a scrim, and he was just absolutely owning the players of the Fuel. Uh, so if that's anything to go off of right now, yes. Phil, I, I think you're absolutely correct. I, I, I mean, the, the sky is the limit for this kid. I mean, absolutely humble. Uh, knew that he was good. Knew that he was top five against Overwatch uh, tracers. So uh, the fact that he made that statement before he got picked up uh, definitely leads. Uh, he's got the heart. He's got the bravado that the DPS is going to need now. I, I'm scared to see what he does with the mayhem. Yeah, should be a good pickup. And, and, and I don't, I don't think there's a, I don't think there are any weak pickups. I think you, your scouting ability is too good for the weak pickups. But like everybody that's been picked up from the NA, I have a, a lot of confidence in. Agree. Yeah. And I think it's worth stating that six of them come from American Tornado. Yes. That's. Yeah. I mean, half of your NA pickups come from one team. Um, and, I mean, not all of them played for ISU. Not all of them played for Redbirds. But they all come from that American Tornado squad. Uh, so even, even Sam, who didn't play with them through the entirety of their run, did play for AT back in their first inception when they moved over from T2 Dan, uh, and I believe it was on T2 Dan as well. I may have to double check, may have to fact check that one, but I think so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you got UV and OG, um, and that's, you want to talk about ones that can really make a huge impact. Those two right there, ultraviolet and OG reunited on the Atlanta rain. Um, I called this, I call this in trials. I straight up called this in trials. I was like, UV is going to Overwatch League. He is smurfing in trials right now because ISU had to work their way back up through Open Division and Contenders Trials being on a new team. It was Bobby Wasabi who inherited the American Tornado slot. So that's ISU had to work their way back up. Uh, Billy and I had the absolute honor and pleasure of casting this squad. when, And I, mean, I, was, I was like, Ultraviolet and Hydron are going to Overwatch League. Like, this is, this is Overwatch League talent. Like, make no mistake. Uh, they are smurfing here. And sure enough, uh, I think UV, we may touch on this point a little bit later. I think UV could be in the running for that rookie of the year. Uh, mm -hmm. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me now. I mean, when you have, when you have people like proper proper, somebody we were talking about Korean contenders and, and kind of failed to touch on proper. I mean, we will get to that. Um, and I think that's probably your front runner. I, I think UV, even in the support role uh, could challenge that. I mean, OG as well. I mean, that's uh uh, OG is phenomenal. Those two, those two working together, uh, just looked looked almost unbeatable. I mean, just just looked downright flawless. So I I I don't think I was paying enough attention to the. I, I, 
Uh, cards on table, I mostly watched EMEA last year because it was the one that was most convenient for me to watch most of the time. Sure. Um, I actually, I don't, I can't think of ever seeing much from False. Like, clearly, again, to have been picked up here, um, particularly as, as an off-tank, as a deeper specialist, clearly they're doing well. Like, what, what have I missed here by not keeping my eye on False? Uh, willingness to kite back uh, the aggressive frontline play when it called for it. Uh, False brought um, a very engaged style as far as the off-tank. I think that the more utility that you saw from False is what made them such a good player. Uh, you you notice it by not noticing it. The yeah. The supports for Bobby Wasabi rarely went down unless it was against ISU. That was the only team that they really got yeah. bodied by. False brought the heat on the D.Va. Uh, smart management of cooldowns, uh, willingness to dive in uh, when it called for it, willingness to back out and kind of lead the uh, retreat. Uh, definitely was the one that I saw uh, getting out of fights fastest uh, and making sure the support stayed alive when the call to retreat did happen. So I think that, you know, do you have the necessarily the massive uh, uh, self-destruct plays? No, that you would see from like an iron. No, but I think that false uh, was the better of the off tanks because of that ability to kite back and that, that commitment to falling back and kiting back for the supports uh, really did him the best service as far as an off tank. Okay, uh, really smart me. player too. Like you know, you false for of... me is a very different off tank player to what you think a certain off tank player. For example, false and iron's a good comparison, but I'm going to go with the easiest comparison to Hanbin, who's in the league. Hanbin, uh, as an off tank in the league, is extremely good at just. Uh, just taking players out of the game. For example, in the first uh, region we saw main melee between Shanghai Dragons and Dallas Fuel, we actually saw just Hongbin take out both DPS players in Shanghai. They were unable to do anything that entire series. False is a very different player. False is a player who gets people into the fight and gets his team involved. So instead of taking other players out of the game, he brings his own players into the game, something that Hongbin really struggles to do. So that's my that's my sort of example on what sort of player falls. Well, and I was thinking kind of a similar comparison, but with just Kaluj or Cucumber or whatever name, because they're kind of the two iterations of American Tornado, right? As far as the off-tank was right. concerned. That's it was a good false. comparison. Yeah, it was false or Kaluj. But it was kind of a similar style, though, uh, versus, you know, the aggressive versus kind of the, not escorting, that's not the right word, but ensuring that everybody else could pop off. Yeah, he enabled, the, he enabled his team to pop off. He enabled his team to stay in fights, too, by that commitment to kiting and making sure that the positioning was where you could mitigate the damage coming into say a ulting McCree or, you know, the pulse bombs going in, or, you know, you're trying to uh, get a nano off or get a sleep off or, you know, whatever. Um, that's where false made his money. Uh, whereas, you know, being willing to not be the standout player, it was more of the support off tank role more than a damage mitigator like a Hanbin does. Uh, and it's, I want to kind of zoom in a little bit here on the two DPS coming out of UA as well, out of Uprising Academy, uh, Finale yeah. and Victoria, who were always impressive. Uh, if it was UA notoriously struggled, were kind of hard stuck in trials. Like it's, I felt like, I felt Last like Last year they got saved by Chikara. <laughs> yeah. I mean, got hard stuck in trials. Um, and kind of slowly worked their way up. 
Uh, Devin Dynasty played for him for a short stint, and I thought did them kind of well. But it wasn't until, like, they then they went to Korea, kind of, you know, a person kind of went to go play in, in contenders trials over there, uh, picked up a new squad. Uh, and but they kept some of those players. Yeah, it didn't exactly go as well as I thought they'd hoped, or you know whatnot. But they kept some of those players, and, and Finale and Victoria were born out of out of that adventure, let's say. Uh, and Finale in particular, I mean, they're they're both really good. Um, but UA, okay, so let's to continue the history lesson. Twenty twenty one, they had NA main tanks, um, and the communication was was mostly in english and they they still struggled I and mean, you know we didn't really see them come into their own until they brought in uh, was it qoq and uh itsol then full korean roster and it was an immediate turnaround like it was an immediate massive turnaround and suddenly uprising academy is your second your second best team in an A behind Redbird Esports and, you know, and threatened Redbird Esports every time. There were, okay, maybe not every time, but there were a lot of really clear, there was, there was still a couple, there was still a, yeah. a couple sweeps in there. Uh, but there were some really tight, close matches in there as well. Um, and, and Finale in particular was at the heart of that, uh, going to Boston and Toronto respectively, uh, Toronto and all Korean squad, uh, so there's going to be no communications issues there. Boston Hopefully. does have a couple of, of Western players on there, but they were part of that week scrim and they were playing an all Korean roster when we saw them in that scrim. Yep. So I think if they stay in all Korean rosters and communicate in their native language, these two could actually could actually make some waves and, and could be some some impact players coming into our next season. I think you also have to remember that Valentine was a member of the 200 MS club that they were all members of. Uh, Victoria Finale and uh, Valentine were all playing and on Muse. the team together. Yeah, and Muse. So, yeah. I mean, that graduate, I mean, that core right there has all now made it to Overwatch League. And you and I were talking about how good uh, Finale or Victoria in particular was back during trials. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a, that is a gamer. Uh, of the highest sort, I am uh, very impressed with with those two going to where they're going. So I well, think this is going to be fantastic. Reuniting with Muse now, it should absolutely uh -huh. be fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> uh, did they keep Aztec? Do we know if the, do we know if Toronto kept Aztec? Don't know where Aztec is. Aztec played I'm for gonna... WGS in 2020. Went um, to Toronto. Yeah, went to Toronto. Aztec is on Vancouver this year. Oh, oh. oh. Okay. Wait, Vancouver. Well, Mike, well, that's Aztec and Maza as their support line. That's a thing to keep an eye on. And they're going to have Sky Ripple with them over in Vancouver. Ooh, okay. That's an interesting support setup right there. Yeah. I like that setup. I mean, <laughs> Everybody quickly going to Wikipedia like, ooh. <laughs> shall we move over to EU? I think um, it's time. As a, as a nice segue on that, actually, I want to touch I like that. very briefly on Provide, who is actually a, a UK player, but most recently was playing in NA. Um, been picked up for London, which uh, great London fan also provides a good player. But boy, is this a controversial pickup, right? Right. Uh, because Provide has been on record as having said some pretty uncomfortable things in the past, whilst a lot younger. Um, everyone I've seen talking about Provide has said, no, he was actually just a dumb kid and he's matured and he is not that person anymore. Um, I still think London have taken a bit of a risk, like reputationally, by having provide here. If he can't come through and prove that he's made those steps, yep. The point. I, mean, I, I think it's going to take more than that. I think he's going to have to like really. You have to go above and beyond at that point, right? Because the I the, think... the grace is kind of gone. 
I think the problem here is uh, if, you know, the world was an optimal place, right, then there wouldn't actually be that much discussion here on the PR risk of picking up a ride because, I mean, I think the, there has been proof of him developing and maturing. And we've seen that with everyone who's worked with him. The problem is people who seen when he got picked up by the Valiant and then got dropped for so that for the the prior things he said when he was younger, right? Um, and then they just see him get picked up to the league and then they instantly comment. That if that's kind of annoy a difficult place when you're kind of responding to people who actually aren't, I guess, educated on the improvements that this guy's made. Uh, but also, again, there's, there's still the risk of, you know, he could make a mistake and everything could fall flat. I, I think just to, to cap out on Provide, I saw a really good, I, I wish I could accredit it. I remember the statement, but I can't remember the person tweeting. I'll, I'll retweet it after the show. Um, uh, somebody saying, it's all very well and good. You saying that uh, Provide has changed. It's not, because of what he said was racially motivated. It's not on me. To forgive him it's not on anybody on this broadcast to forgive him or show that he's changed it's to the people he was caught saying those things about to say yeah okay he's he's actually changed he's cool and i think given the diversity that we have in the league uh i think we're probably a long way off getting that kind of input on him but let's let's move away from some of the potential negative aspects of eu here and have a look at who did get picked up that as far as i know is is conflict free? Is scandal free? Um, and we've got we've got six coming from from EU, and I am happy to see all six of these players. Like I let me tell you, we have a segment coming up where we we pick somebody that we like really hyped to see in the league, and I still don't know who I'm picking for this one. So I mean, I'd be disappointed if it's not one of these six. I mean, I know it's got to be one of these six. It's got to be one of these six, right? Um, but yeah, um, I kind of want to focus on Admiral because I've been uh, I've been hold on admiral for a, for a very long time here all the way back when they were playing brig for raw esports and they were still going by admiral raptor i came away from a raw esports game going oh he just absolutely took over that game like the other 11 people in that game may as well not have been there that was entirely the admiral raptor show um so that's super cool really happy he got picked up i'm super happy to see sky rip picked up because if you have ever heard me cast even once you've heard me talk about clockwork vendetta and we have a clockwork vendetta player in the league this season do you know how cool that is to me that's phenomenal i can't a, a team that started as uh, no you otp to like dominating content is sadly like kind of falling out of the meta when people adapted to them and then they kind of got shafted by rollock um like, that's so cool to me that Skyripper's up here. Um, I'm also super hyped for Backbones being here because I, I did some interviews for Sheer Cold when Backbone was on Sheer Cold. And he is just a super cool guy. Like, really, really enjoyed chatting with him. Nice kid. Oh, really yeah. hope he does well. Uh, Majed is just a fucking uh, demon of a, of a yeah, sport Yeah, that's player. the perfect word for it. An absolute yeah. demon. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm so happy to see all of these players picked up. Like, I, there are definitely people oh, I would have needs to seen additionally to this but i yeah great list happy chef's kiss great Mwah. uh a little <laughs> asterisk on sparker sparker was technically in the league last year yeah. like it's it was like it got picked up kind of what halfway through or something uh yeah. didn't really play so by my own rules i kind of made an exception here and broke my own rules but hey that's what the rules are for right but i just went i do acknowledge that i do acknowledge that sparker was in the league last year and he was on our list anyway i just just throwing out that asterisk anyway do, do I have time to quickly go into Psycho? Because I remember casting this By guy means. in OD in 2020. Yeah. 
and we and we all knew he wasn't good. He was well too good for Od when Od when he was playing in it. But I remember what was it two weeks after Od he got picked up by New Kings yeah. with Alivo Rolsish, like yeah. cra- like crazy yeah. amount of time, like short amount of time after it. And ever since then, this kid has been, you know, best black CPS outside of Overwatch League in Europe. This kid is nuts. He can play crazy heroes. And I think, I mean, he was a big part of Falcon's success this year. What, did they win three? Yeah, three yeah Falcon's this? won three in a row, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and and Psycho, I back to was, back to back. Psycho was a massive part of that. And Rapid Rise in the last two years. I'm really excited to see what you can do on Vancouver. All That's right, all right. So, task. Well, good. There's another little segment I don't want to intrude on too much, but you put Psycho above Danid. Heck yeah. Easily. Any day of the week. I watched Danid in a, a, a couple of tournaments that weren't... I mean, well, actually, one thing I'm going to note quickly. Danid can play up to a good level. Like, Danid playing in the... Was it Mayhem uh, Classic? Yeah, was excellent. Classic. Yeah. yeah, and Mayhem Full Classic was excellent. But I've seen Danid play in some lesser tournaments and play really poorly as well. Psycho, when he was playing in OD, when he was playing in whatever, whatever he's been playing has been absolutely excellent. And I mean, I think there's a reason that Falcons won so many tournaments, and Psycho is definitely one of those big reasons. Yep. Right yeah. on. Right on. I, I think, I feel like the kind of, we miss the peak Danid window for getting Danid into Overwatch League. And like a lot of my, I, I put a note in the show thing going, where is Danid? Um, and I think that's in large part because I remember Danid back when he was playing at the, the most dominant peak of British Hurricane. Yeah, the um, undefeated 39 wins in a row or whatever BH. Yeah, yeah you bet. And, and, and like, there were just so many incredibly good pieces in that roster that uh, a good flex DPS was always going to shine because the support line was there, the tank line was there. Uh, and I guess when he's stripped of some of those like top tier caliber, uh, top caliber resources, then maybe he just can't perform as well, which is a shame because I, I, as a, as a player, I've always enjoyed watching Danet. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a shame, but I, I guess the, the the game moves, and sometimes the players don't. Well, I mean, and he was so prolific. I mean, the Doomfist in particular, um, to the point that it permeated throughout the rest of EU after yeah. seeing what he could do with it, and obviously a very brawl centric region. Um, if you like tank play, you'll love EU play. It is it is very brawl centric. It's very in your face, uh, and, and his Doomfist like made such waves that it kind of changed the landscape on how they played that, and then that even made its way over to NA as well. Um, and that style kind of, you started seeing it pop up a little bit in the NA region. And that was, I mean, Dan had kind of spearheaded that whole thing from, from what I saw. So, I mean, there was, there was definitely some outstanding stuff that, you know, kind of where he rose above the pack. Um, I can't help but agree with your point though, that it may have, yeah, may have gone past that ideal spot where we were going to see him in the league. Uh, so, Hey, I mean, you know, maybe. Maybe Overwatch 2, he could shine and, and come in. And I mean, SMC did phenomenal this past year. I mean, no, I don't think anybody expected She's Money Crew to do as well as they did, beating British Hurricane, who we just saw on our screen, who had a couple pickups um, and who have been long been the dominant force of EU contenders. SMC were able to knock them down after, I think they lost in the June, July. They lost uh, to British Hurricane and came back and beat them in, in season yep. three, quote unquote. Um, and Dana was a, a big part of that. Yeah. But that does um, bring us nicely to the end of our sort of region summary here. Like that that's everybody that's been picked up. You've you've had well, everybody that's been picked up from the tier two scene. 
Um, I, I think we could probably spend some time talking about who's moved from place to place, but this is a tier two podcast, so maybe Damn right. we, we, won't, uh, we won't delve too deep into that. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think not. one of the things we want to do to uh, close out here is... We wait, be- wait, before we get into that, before we zoom into that, um, coming off of the Dana conversation, I want to pose a question. I apologize for, for the interruption, Phil, uh, but I do want to pose a question. Uh, is there anybody who, who you're surprised that didn't get picked up? Is there anybody that the we're like, how did this person not make it into Overwatch League? I, I will start. I'll give you all a moment to think on it. Um, and I'm going to have to come out and say Aprita. Like, that was... Aprita was the... I mean, like, the DPS player was the proper of China. Like, was, like, the DPS player coming out of China. Um, and there's just... I think it's just a shame that there's limited teams that have Chinese as their their communicative language it's either korean or english for the most part for the vast majority of the league i think if there was one or two more teams i mean a Prita would be an absolute all-star in the league with somebody that i i loved watching all season long coming from team chaser who were dominant through 2021 uh so anyway i anybody that stood up to you all that you're like how is this person not in the league so i I suffer a little bit from not being much of an analytical person when it comes to this, and so I tend to want the people that I know and that I like to do really well. That's okay. Uh, somebody that I would have liked to have seen picked up, because I, I actually think uh, over the time I've watched him play, uh, his improvement has been very, very solid, and I, I think he's genuinely one of the best tanks in the region, um, is Crandall. Uh, the yeah. Fact that I, I actually don't... It's all my second choice. The, I'm I not don't know many holes in the league where you would fit a Crandop, which is unfortunate. Um, I think you know you would have maybe if if Hadi had retired, maybe he would have gone to London. Uh, but you know the trials were had, and, and Hadi has come out the best. Um, but yeah, it's it's a shame for Crandop. Um, hopefully he gets a shot at at some point here because I think like the amount of work he's put in, the progress he's made deserves to be rewarded. Point look up Crandall. his age real quick because I'm curious. Uh, secondary point on Crandop. I remember when I uh, we, we, Sandy had a tier three Overwatch uh, European project and we had, we had some okay results, some some um, disappointing ones as well. Every single player when they talked about Crandop, full of admiration, they thought he was destined. They they still think he's destined for watching every single player. If they had an opinion on Crandop, it was positive, and that goes through the entirety of EU. And I, uh, I think he is actually someone I am a little bit surprised of. Um, but he isn't my choice. Uh, he was my, he was second on my list in case someone stole one. I'm gonna go back to Heesang. I yeah. think I have to go back to Heesang. Like, it's it's draining me. I, I'm having sleepless nights thinking about he's not in the league. Like, like last year, Lip, in my opinion, was kind of robbed of MVP. You see what Lip did in the final, in the grand finals last year. He tore Atlanta apart, and he was the MVP of the grand finals. He sang is that for like just a little bit worse. Like he he could definitely like, if an NA team picked up he sang he could control summer play in that region. If an APAC team picked up he sang he could almost keep pace with lip. Like here's the problem. I, he's sixteen. No brainer. Oh well, oh. I don't. Oh shit! Really? He's wow. sixteen. Well, oh, one oh, for the fucking future. Problem. That's, that, the, that just speaks volumes because you're you, you watch him play and you're like, there's no way, right? Like that's he's, he's so intelligent. He's 16. No way. Yeah. Oh, he'll turn, he'll turn 17 then. like in a month or a little over a month. But well, next yeah. year then. So he, he will be available for 2023. Fuck. No. 
Uh, I didn't even look at his age. I just looked at his play. That's I, I don't you, know why I thought about it. Like I had to look 20, it up quick. He's like twenty. You playing wise, you think he's twenty twenty one. He looks so experienced. Has could control a game on somewhere like Lipcan. Um. Anyways, then I have to pick a second option. So someone else steal the mic. I mean, just to, just to go out. I mean, his pedigree is nuts. Playing for a lot of Element Mystic. Uh, through 2019 into 2020. Like, if you go down his Wikipedia and it's almost all, like, seconds and thirds with the... You had a a, a, a first place there on Element one. Mystic back in 19. I picked a replacement, then. I picked a replacement. Okay. That's not a player. I will throw mine out there while you're, uh, while okay, you're looking uh, at it, then. I'm going with Iron. I think Iron and Reiner yeah. as a tank line for Redbird Esports. I think that... Uh, while Reiner is an absolute freak at main tank, I think that Iron did a lot to enable what uh, Reiner was able to do. And I think that Iron should have definitely been one of those pickups uh, on the fringe. Um, because I think that Iron versus False, I always put those two on my high NA pedestal. So I think you could have interswapped with either one of them. We would be having this talk about False, but... Um, I, I think that they're just so closely matched. I think that the slight edge goes for me for iron is in the Sigma play. I think the Sigma play coming out of iron was much better, uh, but you know, false diva specialist, you know, that that's going to be more useful in the league. I think that's why they get picked up over iron, but iron should be in the league as well. And I can't I, help I but wonder, I'm sorry. I was, if this was going into this year, if we're going into overwatch one where you have two tanks and there's not only five of 39 people getting picked up in the tank role, uh, then maybe they're both in the league, right? Like, yep. that's, I can't help but wonder. Yep. Anyway, I'm sorry to cut you off, Bill. No, 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 it, it, it's fine. I right. was only going to make, a, a, I guess, a slightly tangential comment to that, which is, whilst it's, it, we would have liked to have seen Iron join Reiner up in the league, would have been great to see them keeping on playing together. I am excited to see what Iron can do playing alongside Gig for Redbird, because I think um, yeah. Gig is, he has been in the league before, I think he's an underrated tank player. I don't think he was necessarily utilized as well as he could have been on, I think it was in like a Valiant towards the end. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, th I think that could be a really good duo to watch down in Contenders, which, you know, hey, this is a Contenders Tier 2, Tier 3 podcast, so that's kind of what we're looking for. Sure. One, and I, I, I'm not going for player. I oh. can't believe that this wasn't my immediate... O2 boss! I was going to guess O2 boss! Yes! Yeah, it's O2 What a shout I'm out. How many Korea championships has this kid, this this coach won? He is the best coach in the world, other than potentially Moon, Rush, and No Hill. I think those are the best four coaches in the world right now. Um, one of the four best coaches in the world, and I think that's without a doubt. And he has a fucking Overwatch League. What the fuck's that about? it's brilliant. It's a brilliant yeah. call out. The second you said it's not a player, I thought, yeah, I bet it's only two boss. It's got to boss. Yeah. Like, I mean, I worked. At, I worked in APAC. That man's tactical genius terrified us. Yeah. Like, what? What an excellent coach! Again, I'm going to say he's one of the best four coaches in the world in Overwatch, and he's not in the league. What? I don't get it. Uh, well, who knows? Maybe a late season pickup. Um, hopefully, he'll just keep kicking ass on O2 and and demonstrate actually he should have been picked up alongside. Sure. Like, can I can I make like another no note real quick on O2 boss? He signs with O2 next year. Oh go. God! There I am. I'm gonna be feasting on <laughs> Korean content. He's saying coach buying O2 boss. Yes. And I didn't Thank include you. coaches. I thought about it, and I, I, had, I don't know. I couldn't find a way to gracefully do it. I did not include coaches uh, in our in our rookies. 
but uh, No Hill. You mentioned No Hill. Um, hey, coach hey, of Team CC was was the coach of Team CC during their uber dominant, like best team in the world run as far as C two is concerned. Uh, now going to the Valiant uh, with innovation and and that squad. So just keep an eye out. I'm very very curious, uh, very anxious to to see what No Hill can do in the league. So I just wanted oh, to give no that Hill? shout out since I didn't include coaches in our is is if No Hill ever competes against Western teams, it is going to be hilarious. Because um, No Hill has called out Western teams uh, for, quite frankly, in, in different language, calling them shit, uh, because <laughs> they play Reinhardt. Um, because No Hill, I mean, I, I don't think I ever saw Team CC play Reinhardt, right? Like, it, and right. He, he is an excellent coach. I mean, you saw Team CC dominate Korean Gauntlet as a Chinese team at that point, right? Um, I think that um, No Hill is, again, one of them coaches who's top four in the world, and he's on the Valiant, who have a lot of, I, I guess, PR to do this year. PR. Yeah. It looks like they can actually be competitive from what we've seen so far uh, of that yeah. roster. So I'm curious. I'm very anxious. Yeah, to I, I think No Hill's, No Hill's a really good coach. And uh, I want to see him play some Western teams because I think he will break them apart. I'd like to formally apologize, Phil. I totally derailed us with this whole thing. But I, I thought it was a good thing I wanted to dive into a little bit. So I appreciate no, no, you giving me that space. Absolutely, absolutely fine. For those of you watching that can't see behind the scenes, I'm doing the Discord equivalent of of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up, B. <laughs> okay, so look, let's let's move on to one of our last segments because I, I know that uh, some of us on the panel here have some things we desperately go and do. Uh, let's talk about who we are specifically most excited for uh, coming into the league. Um, so this was... Um, I'll, I'll go first because I'm already on the mic. Um, this was my segment idea. I said, guys... I think this would be a really, really good thing to do. And I'm immediately going to destroy the format that I came up with because <laughs> I, I am, I've actually already done this segment. I've already said, I'm so excited to see Admiral, Skyripper, Backbone, and Sir Magid. So, like, they, they all played at roughly the same time, roughly the same. Um, they've played against each other a whole bunch in yep. Tier 2. And, like, just that collection of four, I am so happy to see them all in. If you put a gun to my head, and said, absolutely 100%, who have you got to pick? I've I've got to go with Scarif because it just makes me so happy that we have a Clockwork Vendetta player in the league after all these years. Like, that's just, it's just phenomenal to me. I'm so happy about that. I can't argue with any of that. I can't argue with any of that. Uh, yeah, going going over to Vancouver, here's uh, here's hoping they can they can turn it up a notch uh, again this year as well. Because I would, I would love to see Skyrippa do well. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, yep. here, let me. Oh, oh my God! Pull my ugly mug up here into into <laughs> large frame. Um, and I'm gonna cheat a little bit as well because I'm actually gonna kind of zoom in on two. Uh, I was gonna it, cheat too, so it's it's all of us cheating as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's we we know ourselves well enough to know like you say one, so we'll get two. But if you say multiples, you'll end up with seventeen. So let's you you say one, and then we can deal with two. Um, first off, Venom. Uh, Venom, who you may have recognized as the player Sigma uh, from Odyssey that just like randomly popped up out of nowhere. And everybody's like, who the hell is Sigma? And why'd you name yourself after a tank? And then they're like, no, 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 no. I've had this name since well before the character was the hero was introduced into the game. Comes in and just has the most breakout tracer you, I mean, we've seen. Like it was, it was phenomenal. It was unbelievable how good 
Sigma Venom. Well, I'm going to stick with Venom. Uh, how good Venom was in, in a contenders playing on Odyssey and how much he single-handedly elevated that squad. Uh, Rhino, the main tank, also super young player who you wouldn't think is as young as he is, um, called him, literally called him Striker 2.0. Like he was, he is that level of tracer player, and I think tracer is going to be extremely dominant in the in the upcoming meta. Just from what little I know, I think that's one safe bet is that tracer is going to have a lot of room to work and do tracer things. I think a player like Venom, who's going over to the Atlanta Reign, who's already known for picking up like DPS star power, right? That seems to be their primary focus. They pick up star power in those damage dealing roles, and Venom is going to be an amazing addition to that. Um, literally just kind of came out of nowhere like played in like korean od and that was like all i could find on him and then just boom appears on odyssey and dominates uh was playing on ping also on tracer which i don't think i could think of a harder character to play on 250 ping or whatever it is. uh it was still putting up that quality of performance uh so keep an eye on venom if you do if you're trying to like rack your brain there you go it was sigma from odyssey go back and watch some of those if you want a little preview of just the, the immaculate tracer play that you can expect to see out of venom but um moving on to my second pick and a little bit more uh, we have a lot more footage and a lot more to know is reiner uh as the tank player my my bias is going to come in here a little bit and i have got to highlight reiner uh, this is a player who played for GOATS back in the day, the, the team GOATS, uh, when they were innovating the 3-3 the uh, composition, uh, played Zarya form back then, also played a bit of Brig and a touch of DPS prior to that as well. This was under the name Trill. Uh, but is extremely... I always forget he's Trill. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, tri- or Frill. I think it's frill yeah frill, frill, frill. frill trill's the australian player frill yes. <laughs> i knew what you meant uh, i knew what i meant i apologize uh but yes uh it's played under a, a bunch of names honestly but uh, played under frill with with goats and played zarya for them uh had a mean roadhog if that happens to come into meta as well but is extremely versatile and i think i think there is the potential where I mean, he's playing for the gladiators with space. All right. So space will probably get the starting role in the beginning, but I think we could potentially see Reiner come in and play everything but the diva. Like if, if they want to play diva on the map, okay, sure. You're probably going to see space. If there's anything else that needs to be played, I think Reiner could absolutely step up and take that slot. And I was bragging about, you know, uh, ultraviolet earlier and ultraviolet immediately, as soon as they both got announced and picked up ultraviolet came out and talked about how he's going to miss playing with Reiner. That playing behind that main tank was, was such a, a boon for him. Um, and, you know, they spent two years playing together and that out of everything, he was immediately was like, Oh, I'm so going to miss playing behind Reiner's main tank. Uh, another important thing to point out here, and this is my last part of my tangent, but another important thing to p- point out here is Reiner's 22 years old. We're talking about the importance of collegiate and how it can lengthen the lifespan of our players. You don't have to be 18, like just only 18. And, and I was thinking about this when you're talking about Crandop, because Crandop's 19. So if you're yep. looking at that, like Crandop still has, there's still opportunity. There's just... There's still hope uh, to see Crandop in the league, and there's still, I mean, two or three years at the least to to develop that talent and really polish it up to be Overwatch League level. Reiner getting picked up at 22 is a big part of this. This is somebody who has been grinding through the contender scene for many, many years, uh, and I'm really, really excited to see what he can do with the Gladiators. So there you go. Reiner's my, my big zoom-in pick. Uh, I, 
I, I don't I don't want to be so bold as to say rookie of the year potential, but it's not too far out of contention either. Like uh, it's I, I would probably put third or fourth in on my honest rookie of the year contention. Because uh, I mean, proper you can't I mean, proper is has got to be number one on that. Um, but it, of of the thirty nine rookies getting picked up, I'm not talking about people that are using shit. But of the thirty nine rookies that got picked up, I mean, I would put Reiner like top three. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's go. Now. Might as well go uh, left to right. I... That, yeah, Billy, you're up. All right. Yep. All right. So uh, I picked up and maybe may a surprise to everybody. I actually picked a Chinese player. Uh, because I think it's the least understood scene outside of OCE and PAC. Uh, we've always focused a lot on Korean, North American, and EMEA players, but I think that Pineapple uh, is going to make waves in our scene this year. I think that uh, joining the Hangzhou Spark, uh, he's going to, you know, he's joining a team that was middle of the pack. They just couldn't seem to get over the hump uh, and the hurdle uh, that were the top teams in the region, and uh, they had their playoff run denied by the Philly Fusion 3-1, and one. so... I think bringing out the uh, the the guns here as far as, you know, what does Pineapple play? I mean, we know that they've got a sick uh, Echo. We know that they've got a dynamic Tracer. Uh, the McCree is pretty good as well. Now, I we talked about Afi joining the roster as well. I think that you've got some built-in synergy going in there. Add to that with Irony. Uh, you've got three members of Billy Billy Gaming, uh, especially with Team Chaser being the uh, the the academy team to Hangzhou Spark. You've got the pipeline already set up. You've already got the coaching differences go or the coaching theory and and, and uh, uh, culture going on from the top down. So. I think that that's where we really want to look. I think if you're looking at what their lineup's going to look like, it's going to be Gushue or, or Bernard in the tank role. And then you're going to see Architect in there as a projectile and flex DPS. It's going to hit. I, I think that Pineapple gets the nod over Alpha E. But, I mean, if they really want to go well, I think that you put Irony uh, and uh, Alpha E together uh, with Pineapple. Yeah, Super Rich is awesome. But I think that you're going to really look at see if you can keep this three-way synergy going on. He's actually got my look. Uh, if he does what he did during Chinese Contenders and Kenobi, uh, the guru, uh, like I said, call them the best DPS duo in the region. So if you want to continue that level of play, you got to have them in there. You got to have Irony in there and then put Liga in there, who is also playing on a two-way contract. I mean, that's four out of the five members right there just off the bat that you could have going on. That's why I'm so worried and, and fearful of uh, of Hangzhou Spark and, and APAC this season because if they come out like that and if they bring out their best guns, uh, I think that they have a chance to surpass Soul. I'm sorry, Phil, for saying that, but I think that uh, if they play up to their potential, they take Soul out and they get themselves into a playoff run for sure. Uh, I just did. I did want to add a quick correction. that came out in Billy Billy, but he said uh, he said Team Chaser. Yes, but I meant Billy Billy as yes, the Hangzhou yes. Sparks. Yes, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. I was I was just correcting it out there for for our listeners. Yes, and I've even got it in my notes. I'm reading my notes, and I went completely off the rails on my own notes. So, die. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but your point is extremely valid, uh, for sure, uh, and that you can't. You can't underestimate that synergy. Like that synergy is going to be, I think, that much more important when you're taking out a tank player. The synergy between the DPS, I think, will shine that much more. So, yep, fantastic pick. All right, Ocean, you bring us free Yep. A quick like anecdote on APAC, and then I'm going on to my two players. Right? Okay. Um, anecdote's going to be short. I, I already. I, I, 
<laughs> just talk about No Hill, right? No Hill and Woyo Woyo coming from TCC, of course, previously been in the league with the London Spitfire. That's going to be a sick coaching duo for the Los Angeles Valiant. I think they'll be good this year. They've got a really good DPS trio as well, but I'm going to move on past that. I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I have to decide between two rookie, uh, like, players to highlight here. One is Cho Rong, one is Fadafan. Fadafan is potential rookie of the year contender, but I want to highlight Cho Rong once again, because as I said, not even just Cho Rong for Cho Rong. Cho Rong is an insane main support player, could play all the main sports extremely well, but additionally with Chorong, you're going to get maximum value out of Muse, you're going to get maximum value out of Twilight, and I, I mean, if you know how good Muse and Twilight are, that's a scary thought process, and I think Toronto are going to be really, really good, because considering they've got really good Korean roster playing in the West again this year, I think they'll Finale be really good contenders well. over there. Finale who plays with Muse. Muse is going to be yes. a beast. Yes. Muse is going to be a beast, and I think a lot of it is going to be because of Chorong. Because Chorong also played with Kellen. And as I said previously, Chorong and Kellen, I I have nightmares over Chorong and Kellen um, <laughs> playing against us in contenders. Like, genuinely. I, I think that, that series lasted, what, 42 minutes? Oh. And that was because of Chorong and Kellen. Like, we got dominated. And we weren't a bad team either. We, we, we should have been in playoffs. We, we, we should have been WGS. One of our players broke their wrists mid-game. Uh, oh. rest, rest, broke their wrists mid-game and had to play on. And uh, against Team CC, we... We beat them 3-2. And that's Team TC who have, what, six or seven people moving up to Overwatch League this year? Yeah. Like, we beat them. Um, and Kellen and Chorong, two individual players, dominated us. Like, terrifying. I like it. Yeah, definitely players to look out for. Um, but I think, guys, unless I've missed something... We are getting right at the business end of the show here, aren't we? Oh, uh, we are, we are. I did want to, uh, I did want to do a quick shout out, and it's it's not even on run a show. I know I'm I'm going off script here just a oh, little no, bit. Oh no, not again! Couldn't <laughs> be honest. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. I just want to say happy birthday to Naga. That's it. That's it. Oh yeah. I just want to say happy birthday to Naga. That's all. It's his birthday today. <laughs> Big staple to right. T2C. You know, playing for Paris. All right. That's uh, there. You go. Okay. Happy birthday. Uh, given dishonor removed from you and from your house. Um, uh, one of the <laughs> one of the last things we wanted to do here is um, uh, just because uh, tier two and Overwatch in general is, is such high tier stuff. Wanted to highlight um, tier tier two or Overwatch tweet of the week. And this week is going to go to a prolific ship poster, Faro, who posits the thought, what if Nintendo bought Blizzard instead? And believe you me, as uh, a tall person with an evil disposition and a fan of Overwatch, this really, really speaks to me. So uh, full credit there to you for bringing that up. God tier post. God tier post. I, I got to take the time to change the, the, the topic down at the bottom. Uh, just to let you just to let y'all linger on this for a moment. <laughs> We up for a while. That I think is then fairly definitive at the end of our first episode, uh, having battled through some uh, fairly substantial technical hiccups over the course of today. Yeah, not to mention last week. Woo. Oh, yeah, and Woo. last week. Yeah, no, it's been a long time coming. Um, it, Friends, thank y'all for for joining me in this. Like, there's, there's, I, I love talking Overwatch. And I'm so happy to do this. I can think of three more awesome people to talk Overwatch oh. with. Um, oh, thank y'all, everybody, for showing up for first episode. What's that? 
you either, if I ever think figure out how to take a compliment, you'll be in so much trouble. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, one last bit of on uh, We got we got very kind permission from uh, the wonderful uh, glitch glitch at the city uh, on Twitter to use her remix of the King's Row theme for our intro and outro music. So if you don't follow her already on both YouTube and Twitter, go do that. She's great uh, and the music's fantastic. It was the intro uh, animation is what I ended up using it. Intro for. animation, yeah, thank yep. you. Um, yeah, well, so very kind of it to let us let us have use of that. Yeah, much but... appreciated. Um, yeah, thank thank you all so much for showing up for our debut episode. Uh, thank you for watching. If you're watching the the VOD later, or whatever, we really appreciate it. Uh, super excited to finally get this out there. It is awesome. This is first episode of the books, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you next Friday. Bye, guys. Love y'all. Hey.